Hey, hey, this is Benny and Avery, and this is our podcast, uh, Hollywood Highlights, where we talk about movies that just came out, stuff we're just watching now and that have been out that we haven't seen yet, stuff like that. Um, this is just our podcast where we talk about it. What's up, Avery? How you doing? I'm good. I, that was such a good introduction, wasn't it, <laughs> folks? Welcome. Welcome to the show. I'm going to have a drink of water here. We've been talking an hour before we actually shot anything. <laughs> And we've been talking about everything that we should be talking about on the podcast. And it's like strange that we've kind of gone through everything. Yeah. But then this this is this is this is such an exciting first episode back. Yeah. Because we were gonna do this and then Ben never posted anything. <laughs> yeah. I had a bit of a sabbatical. <laughs> wasted my time. But hopefully by now uh, you'll have man. you'll have been caught up and we will catch up to posting per uh, week as stuff is coming out, just so we are kinda up with the times. <laughs> <Per week. laughs> I did not know that was in my contract. That wasn't aware of that situation. Oh, wasn't aware of that at all. Talk to my lawyer about they signed a bad deal. Talk to my agent. All right, let's do it, babe. Let's talk about it. So the highlight of this week is the show, uh, the movie Reality, uh, starring, let's see, starring Cindy Sweeney, who, of course, we everyone knows from uh, Euphoria, directed by Tina Satter, uh, cinematography by Paul Yee, um, and the co-stars are Josh Hamilton and, sorry, I'm going to butcher this, Mar- Marchant uh, Davis, written by Tina Satter and James Paul Dallas. So a, little, so, a little backstory. This movie came out, this movie is actually originally a play um, that, brought, that was on off-Broadway in 2019, if I remember correctly, came back, was on Broadway in 2020 or so, um, and now HBO made it into a movie. Um, yeah, so with that, they could have done so much more, in my, in my opinion, but they stuck to um, the play version, which we Avery and I talked about before. They, it's mostly in one room. Yeah, spoiler alert, by the way. It's basically about um, this girl or this woman that works at the NSA. Uh, she did not like what was going on um, on the news of like this back and forth of the political game that goes on um, with Trump. And uh, so it's about the uh, the vote, the Russian voting. Uh, Scam? What would you call it? I would call it a scandal. I wouldn't call scandal. it a scam. Yeah, yeah scandal is the word I was looking for. Yeah. Um, so it's the, about the Russian scandal. Uh, she stumbled upon a document. So she has obviously high security clearance, which because she, she's, she's a translator in Farsi and a couple other um, Israeli and Arabic languages. So she was trying to get a security clearance to go back out into the field. But in the meantime, because she left the Air Force, she was going to do this job here in um, Augusta, Georgia. And she was stumbled upon a bunch of documents, but one of them was actually had evidence that Russia had in the con- colluded in the, um, basically trying to, you know, get involved in our election. She stumbled upon the document, printed it out, and then mailed it to uh, one of the online papers that she um, subscribes to. And of course, the FBI found out about it and showed up at her house. Yeah, and that's basically. And there, there's you know the whole movie is it's. Uh, it's, it takes place in one location. It's super suspenseful. I will say it's written very well. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's a bad script. Well, Obviously, it's based off of a play. I mean, I was on the edge of my seat. I actually was going to make breakfast and I had to force myself up out of my seat to make breakfast because I couldn't stop watching the freaking movie. Because <laughs> I was like, when are we getting to the point here, folks? <laughs> I, just, I mean, it, 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 you know, it did a good job of keeping you kind of like memento or something like that where it hooks you and you're like, okay. Tension is definitely there. There's I mean, tension in this movie. And her performance and their, their performances, phenomenal. but Sydney's performance was great. They did that very well. They have you like first five minutes in, not even. They're like at her door. They're already like yeah. fucking ambushing her. And, and the cinematography isn't going to get a lot of credit, but the cinematography was great because it had the, the police officers in this weird wide shot where every time you looked at them, they were in the middle of the frame, but it was wide away from them, and there was a lot of aspect ratio behind them, and it made them look kind of like disjointed. And it was like not disfigured, but it just, it just looked kind of like a Hitchcock thing where you were like, okay, not really attached to them. It was nothing really, it was such a weird angle on them. Each time, I don't know if you noticed that, but each time they went to them, it was like a weird, wide, long lens. And it was just like, oh my, like, okay. They had, th- there was a vision behind this by uh, Tina, which was impressive. Where it fell short for me was it took a while to get to the, to the point, to get the middle. The movie don't start until they get her in the back room. Because that's when they start asking questions about what's going on. So they don't tell her what's going on. They don't even show her the search warrant, which I don't even know if that's illegal. I have to show somebody the search warrant they, for like the offered. first 30 minutes. They offered, but she didn't deny or say or you know agree to see it. They just right. never really gave her the option. They're like, we have it if we want to show it to you. But so they were kind of playing her, <laughs> right. you know, which is their job, I guess. 
I didn't really, you know, so it also as I'm, I'm African American, I'm a black man. And also as that, it makes you uncomfortable just watching things like that too, because you know, like, girl, ask for your lawyer, <laughs> ask for your, you, you want to scream at the screen, just ask for your lawyer, girl. They got you dead to rights. They got you. Don't tell them anything. And of course, spoiler, she does end up cracking and caving, but no, they, they, they definitely intimidated her well. They were yeah. like, they said, did you do this? She said, no. They said, we have evidence that you did. You better, might as well just come clean, and she did. Which was BS. They didn't have no evidence. Because they had evidence, <laughs> they would have showed up with an arrest warrant and a search warrant. Here's, but they just wanted, they wanted to hear her side of the story. They didn't. They never want to hear your side of the story. They know you're guilty of something. There's no hearing. There's well, no side of the story. We got you dead to rights. There's nothing you can say that's going to uh, get rid of the evidence. Here's the, like, I don't want to say kicker. Here's, like, the, the shtick of the movie is that, all the dialogue, or I don't know why, maybe not all because they had two writers, or a big significant part of the script is the actual literal transcript of their arrest of this woman. Um, so, what was it, why, was it, why did I say that? I, I, I don't know wh- wh- where you were trying to go with it, but for, for me, I, th- I really forgot about that halfway through. Because I was into the movie, and I was kind of like, okay. But they kept bringing it back to it. They, they were, like, showing actual They kept inserts. showing it, yeah. the inserts that this was the... They wanted to make sure you knew that the, it was real over and over and over again. This is what they actually said to her yeah. and showing you things. What I didn't really appreciate about that was there were redacted parts of the transcript, obviously. And when they did redacted parts, they just... They literally did the, the Avengers blip where they snapped Sydney Sweeney, and she turned the ash, and she was just out of the shot, <laughs> and then she came back. And it was, like, stupid because... They were blipping in on things that were out of the transcript, but it's like they didn't want us they didn't want us to know these things, but then they told us everything that happened at the end of the movie. So you could have just been telling me this that it was they didn't like they blipped the fact that it was a part of like the Russian part was the Russian collusionist that this was about. They blipped the name of the the interceptor which which was the paper. They blipped all of that and then at the end of the movie they showed you all of that. And it was like, So why why censor it in the middle of the movie when you're just gonna show me everything at the end? That was kind of a dumb choice. I don't think that was very strong. But the article that she that they showed us was about that. It said right. collusion. And then at the end, when they were doing all the news articles about it, they kept talking about how this exposed the Russian involvement in the government, X, Y, and Z. I mean, and what else would it be about at that time? Because <laughs> everything was about that at that time. Right. And we found out that he did, and then nothing happened. <laughs> like we spent exactly. five years trying to figure out if he, if he really involved in Russia and in, including in and like fixing the election and then they finally all basically said yeah i did it and then they were like okay cool yeah it's just political back and forth that's all yeah it was just politi- it was just like fodder for the for the for the media fire at that point hysterical yeah i mean he just got indicted on something else i didn't read what it was he just got indicted a couple days ago on it's something else the mar-a-lago papers oh the papers that the fbi found in his house yeah i know it's hilarious <laughs> and he's gonna win the republican nomination <laughs> It's funny. A lot of people are trying. Even fucking Mike, what's his name, Mike a, Pence is trying. A lot of people yeah. trying to upend him, but yeah, they they they've, they've they've solidified him as their leader for so long that now the Republican Party is like a hundred percent behind him. They can't think of any. Not even DeSantis is even more. DeSantis shot shit. himself in the foot yeah. because of the whole Disney. He thought it was gonna be easy. He, he tried. And the mouse said, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you thought you had me? I don't think so." <laughs> He made himself look like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, damn. He thinks he won that. He thinks he won that too. Well, Trump thought he won the election too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, bring it back. Um, so we've, um, I mean, I've I have the same complaint. It's it's it was so, so much tension in this movie in reality. Um, I like that it was realistic. I like that they brought the actual transcript, but to what de- to what degree we don't know. Um, All takes in one place. It's nice. It's a good movie. It, it's 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 a decent movie if you're looking for like what it's a short movie so if you're looking it's for an hour a short and a half. yeah not even it's like an hour twenty I think yeah it's so if short. you're if you're looking for a short little bit of attention go for it um, I would on rate HBO it, Max yeah on HBO Max correct um, now just Max <laughs> most brilliant business move of all Pissing time <laughs> discovery <laughs> I would give it six out of ten thumbs up what would you give it we're doing ten thumbs yes. Oh my god, the two! No, damn, ten thumbs. Uh, I, I liked it. I'll give it eight. Eight. Okay. I think I'll be generous on this one, just because of the topic of the movie, the fact that it is real. So there's not really much to play around with. The fact that this is somebody's life. She didn't end up. Spoiler: five years in jail. Yeah. Which I thought was a slap on the wrist. They were like, "That's really that's the longest to ever give a whistleblower." But I'm like, if you're blowing government secrets, I would think at least life in prison. Like, (laughs) you know, lock them up. But no, they only gave her five years. She's out now, but she's on supervised probation for like next, so like next year, mm-hmm. something like that. And I don't. Again, that's a, she. Ain't, she ain't gonna get her career back. 
that's she's gonna have to figure out what to do, yeah. which is unfortunate because they're not gonna give her any money. But um, I think she might become a journalist or something like that. I, I don't. I don't even know if she's allowed to mm, because right. she got arrested. She's now a convicted felon, so it's, it's gonna be tough. And she's young. She's like in her m- late thirties now. Right. Yeah. She was, she was twenty five when it happened. Oh, she was twenty five. So she's in her early thirties then. Now, yeah. Yeah, she's in her early thirties. So yeah. yeah, that's a shame. But and what do you do I mean, after that. And Russia she didn't plan to do it, which was crazy. She just it was an emotional thing. Like she said her she got arguing with her boyfriend. She had she was trying to get back out into the field, they wouldn't let her, and she was just in a bad place and then that pushed her over the edge. Yeah. But also has something to say about like the workplace too. Like she kept trying to get them to change Fox News off the TV and they wouldn't do it and, and that just pushed her over the edge. But people can't get so uh, see, you know, been on me for a long time. I d I don't get upset at watching the news. A lot of people do, though. I, I never get upset watching the news. I watch Fox News all day and just find it a great comedy. <laughs> but, um, yeah, she got upset, and it pushed her over the edge at a time where you really have to have a sense of humor. In fact, in the Trump administration. Yeah. you got to learn to, like, not take what happens in the news personally because then yeah. when you do, it just runs your life. And this was exactly what happened to her. Yeah, she, all, a lot of bad shit com- combined into one, and she made a snap decision. I actually think this is a great segue into the into succession. Yeah. We're talking is. about the news media conglomerate and ain't no bigger news media conglomerate than what is it, ATN? Waystar and yeah. ATN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so Ben binged it. I was watching it from the beginning. No, I was watching it. As it comes out. I was watching it. I was watching it. I watched up till season three and then season four I binged all of You binged season four. Yeah. And it was it's great. I was I was I was kind of skeptical by the first episode um, of the fourth season, but well, I, think I enjoyed it. Why were you skeptical of the first episode? I think I, I had an issue of getting back into it. That's the issue with like TV shows when you like watch, when you catch up and then you catch up again like um, when the next season starts because I mm. forgot everything from before season four. No, I have to. I'm actually binging um, Carnival Row season one, which I watched years ago, but they just released season two earlier this year. So I'm actually watching season one over again so I can actually know what's going on in season two. Smart. So yeah, it's just one of those things. But, but Succession. But Succession is such a funny show because nothing happens, but a lot happens. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just, a, every episode is a party. If you haven't yeah. watched Succession, it's about this family who runs one of the biggest media conglomerates in the world at this time. And their father is old, and so the, all the kids are trying to figure out who's going to be the CEO next, right? And that's what the whole show is really much about. Yeah. It's just about the family dynamic of these people whose father was never close to them, mother wasn't close to them, and these kids are kind of thrown into the this wasteland of business. And all the other people that are around this big, giant conglomerate man. Just trying to get power. They want a, a piece of the pie. Yeah, they want a piece of the pie. And, she, and you know, and, and, uh, what's her name? Um, Shiv marries Tom, who's the biggest snake of them all. <laughs> yeah. And things like that. Which I, I didn't like Tom for three seasons, and then I loved Tom in season four. <laughs> of course he Tom was would. a player. Tom came to play. Tom said, you are incapable of love. I said, yes, Tom. <laughs> you show her, bitch. Going to treat Tom that way. Sitting there, going to walk around the party and have nerves say he's going to get fired. He's a, he's a snake. He, as soon she as he was met, just having sex with him the night before. You don't do that. Yeah, he was probably playing with her heart, for all they know. From what we've, not we've Tommy. Seen. Yeah. Not Tommy. Did you see how he was with... As soon as I lost... Because at the end, what did he do at the end? He held out his hand. See, Tommy loved her. I don't know, though. Tommy loved her. She never loved Tom, but Tom loved him. I mean, Tom loved her. But I, I get that, but deep down, he's, he's still... Only saying what he thinks people want to hear. Like, what, what was remember that conversation? And I don't remember what episode, but the last season, uh, when he's talking to that uh, Swedish guy, and he's saying he's basically mm-hmm. saying, "Oh, I'll tell he's you whatever cute. you want me to say." Yeah. yeah, yeah. He literally says that to him. Yeah. Because then the guy, I thought he played by um, what's his name, Alexander Skarsgård. I thought mm-hmm. he was actually playing with Tom when he was when he offered him Shiv the position he offered Shiv. I didn't think that was real. I thought he was just going to see what Tom was going to say. Oh. But then when they started drinking, I was like, oh, wait, he actually offered her him the position he already offered his, his ex-wife at the time. It was his ex-wife. Yeah. And it was like, oh, wow, that was crazy. That was good. But the best part of season four is when the dad died. Yeah. The dad died. I think that was because, you know, they, they didn't know this was the final season going into it. Oh, really? That was something that Discovery had announced. Because Discovery obviously bought HBO, and they were like, all right, well, Succession's going to end. Titans is going to end. Doom Patrol's going to end. They announced all that, and all those season fours were already shot. So I'm wow. guessing they went back and had to reshoot a bunch of shit to make it work. Yeah. And so I guess that was one of the things that they didn't, they, they, they knew was always going to happen. But if you're going to wrap it up, one of the kids has to take over. So they were like, okay, we got to kill his dad. Because they did it in such a random fashion. Because he was on his way, he was on the plane, and he just dropped dead. Yeah. But I think it had the ability to be one of the worst episodes, it turned out to be one of the <laughs> best because of their acting. The kids are acting. Yeah, and that's when I started to like Tom because Tom put them next to his, his ear and Tom was with them the whole time and Tom was telling them what the business was. I, liked, I started liking Tom. Right. Because I didn't like Tom up until that point. Right. 
I can see that. That, that. that was very, like, heartwarming of him. Very wholesome. Yeah, no, that was nice of him. My, uh, so, my biggest issue with this oh, with the show God. is, like, they're just... <laughs> what? You have big issues with things. Very big issue. What's your issue with Succession? There were so many people... So many name drops that I could barely like keep track of whose name is who, like who Mencken was. I don't think they built that well. Maybe I have to go back to season three, but I don't remember them building that well to like. No, Mencken came out of nowhere. Yeah. He was like their their Trump. Yeah, they could have definitely built that a lot stronger. Because I was like, where the fuck did this come from? It has the power to like art imitates or life imitate art, art or art imitates life or that whatever that phrase is, and it does. But they tried to do that, but they just didn't build for it. It just came out of left field. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? No, every, it's very episodic. As much as it is like a procedural where everything is like, it's one long story, every episode is like self-contained in a way. Yeah. So it is a weird show in terms of formatting it because it, it does. You do bring in new characters every episode. And it's like, okay, now who's this guy? And who's that guy? And what size is everybody on in this and this? Yeah. And they try to continue them throughout the season. And it's like, okay, well, I never really knew who these people were. So... It is. It can get disjointed. It can, but the the episode, the election episode was. I liked that episode when they were trying to figure out how the, because it showed how the media really wins the election for them. Yeah. Which was interesting. It made me think about 2016, 2020, and all that stuff. How the media, once they call it, it puts a lot of pressure on everybody voting, or counting the votes to figure it out because they just called it to the mass public. Yeah. So really, because you know, I never really got the importance of news stations until I watched that episode. And I was like, oh wait, no, they they. They're the ones reporting on everything. So if they say this person won... Even though if they don't know. Even if they don't know. Yeah, they just think. Everyone's yeah. going to think that that state voted this way. Yeah. And I like... I thought it was a little much with the whole bombing and all that stuff. Oh, the fire. Blowing, yeah, they were throwing stuff. And I thought that was a little much, but... I mean, I get it. This is their, like... That didn't uh, happen, who? though, in 2016. Yeah. I didn't buy them blowing up a, a, a counting... <laughs> I don't think people would do that. Well, I mean, fires start... Here and there, whenever they do. Yeah, but you know that wasn't a fire. Somebody yeah. threw a Molotov cocktail in the room. That's the whole point. It was like this extremist group uh, of, oh. of liberals. It was kind of like they're, they're Antifa. Oh. They were. They said that Antifa was throw somebody threw something into the one of the counting buildings and blew it up. Oh. And they were trying to spin it and say it was just a fire. They don't know how it started. But then, remember at the end of the episode, they actually said this is a reported arson. Da 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 da. And so it was one of those things where yeah, no, it was they were trying to figure out how to spin it because they were trying to play it off. But then they couldn't play off anymore. Right. Because they were like, well, then how many of the votes survived the burning? Because, no, somebody blew up that building. I missed that. Yeah, they could have built that so much stronger, that whole political divide. Because that's exactly what we're experiencing and what we're going to see in the 2024 election. But I think the country's going to be very united in the 2024 election, don't you, man? <laughs> yeah, totally. I think we're going to be just holding hands singing kumbaya. <laughs> It's gonna be a great, jolly old just time. Butt naked in the street, just yeah. um, shambum, just chilling. Ah, oh, it's gonna be great. So yeah, that was Succession. This is one of the biggest shows that that's currently out. I think, um, just ended. How'd you, how'd you like the ending though? Like when none of the kids actually got the. I was like, bet. All right. Bet. Bet. <laughs> what? None There's of them really. No, none of them really deserve it, and I, I kind of. That's not true. You think so? You think they deserve it? I think just because they, they were born it. into the right family. No, because they especially Roman. Um, no, well, who's the older brother? Ken. Ken. You think Ken deserved? You Ken went through the ringer for that. He did. He did go through the Ken ringer. Ken jumped through hoops, and he was supposed. His dad told him. Remember when he was seven years old? He said he told me it was supposed to be me. Right. And then he offered it to Shiv, and then he offered it to Roman. So, but, but I, then he tried to fuck over his own dad. He did, but that's, that's only a good show. thing, though. What? Like season two when he went off and did his own company, like that 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 only shows initiative. Like none of the other kids had the balls to step out and say I'm gonna do my own thing. When you have the the guts to do that, that means you can run this business. That that's a good thing. That's not I mean, a bad his, thing. His father thought so too because then like there was a, remember that scene when he, when he they found they his found will. the paper. Yeah, where it originally it had his name and then they said like eight months before he died he took it off. He took so it, he crossed it out. He crossed it out. I don't know. I love the way they. I love the I love the way they like took it from him though. The way they took it from him when the when the siblings Shit. found out about 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 the guy he killed, mm -hmm. oh, that was so good. But he like spilled it himself. It didn't just come he out. He already from... told them though. Did he? He told them in one of the earlier seasons. He told them he killed somebody, but I don't think he told them like he was in the car. And then the last episode, he tried to take it back and said I didn't. Because remember, Shiv brought it up. She was like, "You killed somebody," and he was like, "No, I, I lied about it. I didn't kill him." Mm -hmm. And that's when Shiv snapped and was like, "No, you're not getting. You don't deserve it because you're an asshole and I don't like you." Yeah. 
girlfriend out there. I get it. I don't like my siblings either. But, like, you know, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not going to take that job away from me. Clearly, I mean, his dad wasn't the nicest person either. You don't think his dad killed somebody? Of course. Right. So, I mean, like, it's just, I felt like it should have been Ken. Yeah. It definitely should have been, but he, I think he sewed his own, what's the, what's the phrase? He sewed his own sheets, for lack of a better phrase. I don't know. Sewn his own, sewn his own oats. He's sewing sh- oats? That's <laughs> not it. <laughs> eh. Survey says, eh. He made, he his, made his own, own bed. bed. He made his go. own bed. That's it. <laughs> I was close. He sewed his own <laughs> You were close with the sewing sheets because he literally had to make the bed. But when you said oats, you went to a different direction. <laughs> I like it, though. I'm going to keep that phrase You somewhere. shouldn't. <laughs> you really shouldn't go around saying sewing your oats because you would look like an idiot. <laughs> Maybe that's my goal, Avery. Not if you're with me. <laughs> you know, I like to look nice. I don't look like no idiot. Um, so, yeah, it's a good show. Definitely going to be watching in a couple of years. We'll see where it is. Um, uh, what else did you watch, Avery? What, 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 what else is on your docket? What's on my... I saw yesterday, I saw Transformers Rise of the Beast. Mm-hmm. I saw Transformers Rise of the Beast. Uh, man, let, let, let me tell you something. This Transformers franchise has been steady. From Roxy. Besides Age of Extinction, which isn't even a memorable movie. Their movies have been solid. They, they continually make... The first Transformers, you can, you can take an argument for greatness. Like, that's a great movie for what it is. Second one, third one, fourth one, you can go, okay, decent, decent, decent. And then you can say Age of Extinction, which is, I believe the fourth one is bad. You can make the case, but you really can't say that. And then Bumblebee comes out. Bumblebee's a solid movie. Bumblebee's a solid movie. And it made decent money, and they decide, okay, I'm going to go for number six. We're going to do Rise of the Beast and bring it back to Optimus Prime. And, and unfortunately, I have to say this name, Optimus Primal. Which I didn't like that name. The name of the gorilla is Optimus Primal. That's kind of funny. I like, I like that. Of course you do. It's just kind of like, really? Pick another name. It's a great pun. It's, uh, but it's not a pun. It's the name of a character. Okay, never mind. Uh, <laughs> name of a character can't be a pun. Starring Anthony Ramos. And Dominique Fishback, unfortunate last name. Um, directed by Stephen Capel Jr., who did Creed 2. And apparently he's doing Bumblebee 2. Which is interesting because Bumblebee takes place about, I want to say, five years before this one. This took place in 94. Bumblebee was, I believe, the 80s. And so it's going to be interesting, the jumping back and forth in time that they're doing now. But uh, let me tell you something. Budget of $200 million and box office, box office this weekend made $60 million domestically. Uh, it's just unfortunate because this isn't – whoever picked this. So Skydance produced it, but Paramount also produced it. I think they picked the, the, the distribution date. Whoever picked this is just an idiot. Whoever picked this date probably is carrying a box of their things out to the car right about now. Like, honestly, and they should. They, they deserve to be fired because this is the stupidest date you could pay. You got, literally, you have Fast 10 three weeks before, Little Mermaid two weeks before, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse week before, then you have your movie, then you have The Flash next weekend, Indiana Jones and Barbie, and then Oppenheimer. All those titles, Ben, all those titles, if you had to, you had to watch each one of those movies, Transformers is last. You could ask anybody on the planet, Transformers is the last movie they're going to go see. The, it could be the biggest Transformers fan, but you're, you're throwing in there some big franchises. No yeah. way. No way. Heavy competition. And right you're there. giving yourself one weekend to make up $400 million. That just doesn't make sense to me. It's so stupid. They got unlucky. Everyone thought that like The Little Mermaid was going to be a huge box office one weekend thing. Smack. They didn't know The Little Mermaid was going to build slowly. Mm. They had like, what, a 30% decrease and then a 20% decrease. That's really, really good week to week. Usually it's like 50, 60 it's really good week to week. It built slowly. And then Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is also steady. So it's like you really got unlucky, but like you're no one's going to make any money against The Flash. That's game over. That's a shutout weekend. Yeah. Not happening, unfortunately. And it's like, which Warner Brothers is going to always bang on that one. They're so happy. They had to dodge scandal after scandal. They earned that. <laughs> they earned that. Because Ezra Miller did everything in his power to tank this movie, and they fucking stayed steady and earned it. Like, so I'm so happy for them. They're going to wake rake in this weekend because the people in marketing were like, whoo! Because he tried. He fucking tried. He gave it a good old college swing. Like, he really did. And then uh, we don't know what Indiana Jones and Barbie are going to do. They might both flop. They might both be huge successes. They might just break even coming out the same weekend. Um, both of them have huge marketing pushes too. Huge marketing pushes. People are very excited for Barbie, which I don't know why. There's no, movie, there's <laughs> yeah. no plot. There's no character development. I don't know why. The trailer the, looks terrible. It looks absolutely disjointed, disfigured, and stupid. Right? It does. India Jones looks better. And that man is riding a horse in front of a subway train. <laughs> in what dimension across the multiverse is a horse faster than a subway train? In the trailer. He's just galloping. And I'm like, stop it. 
That's hysterical. I did not hysterical. Wow. I was like, enough. That's enough, Indiana Jones. It's enough. Let's keep you in reality, sir. Honestly. <laughs> even Tom Cruise's stunts have a little bit of reality. A human being could technically hold on to the side of a plane as it's taking off. Right. And his newest one, he jumps out of a helicopter on a motorcycle and has a parachute on his back. That's possible. <laughs> no one else would do it but Tommy. But it's possible. <laughs> Ain't nobody out running a freaking subway train on a horse. That's not possible. <laughs> on a subway track where a horse can't even gain traction on his hook. No, stop it. That's yeah. stupid. Anyway, so, but th- it's just, I mean, the movie of Transformers Rise of the Beast is really really solid it's funny the third act it gets a little draggy i did have to actually close my eyes and i was like <laughs> when i woke up it's like two minutes um but you know because it kind of drags on at the end of the beginning of the third act before it gets to its point but no it's funny it's it, the story the pace is so well paced in the beginning you really care for the character they, they do the thing where anthony Ramos' little brother has cancer so and, but they can't give him treatment because they're broke living in the bronx and they, they can't really give him treatment they try to give him to the hospital and the hospital won't take him because they have no insurance other than around their payments he has this, he has a job interview anthony Ramos. he goes to job interview but they canceled him because he had, he got discharged from the military and his platoon officer didn't give him a good review blah 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 blah, blah. so it was like you really they they beat him down but they beat him down better than they did like a character like a like you're gonna hate me for like a Walter White where they just kind of beat him to the ground and Walter had no fight like Anthony was fighting mm-hmm. and he was like we're gonna beat this we're gonna find a way so you're rooting for him right and then you have um Dominique Fishback's character and she's like this intern who was late which I don't like people who are late so I didn't like her at first she was late to her job and she had no reason she was just late right and then she shows up. And she's doing this whole thing where she actually discovers this key, this trans warp key. Another terrible name, the trans warp key. <laughs> like it's just, and then Unicron is the name of the villain, <laughs> and then Scourge is like Unicron's number one man. And it's like who's coming up with these names? It was like it was just like really, so like weird. Optimus Prime is a dope ass name. And fucking Bumblebee is like okay, you pitched me Bumblebee at first, I wouldn't like it, but then when you show me the Camaro, I'm like cool, I like this. <laughs> right. But then uh, Mirage is my favorite Transformer in this movie. He's a new Transformer that they've introduced, and he's, like, cool. He's like a teenager. He's just, like, messing around with everybody. I like Mirage. You know Mirage like me. We just make jokes. <laughs> and then you have – so, I mean, but the tension is good. It sets it up beautifully in the opening inciting incident with how bad Scourge is, how badass he is, and all that stuff in the, the premise of the movie. And it flows really good. It does drag again in the beginning. It takes too long to get to the final point. They're gonna they're gonna put Anthony Ramos in a Transformers suit and he's gonna become a badass. That's what they were leading up to, but they had to kill Mirage to do it. And so it, it was kind of like get to the po- yo, throw a pie. I've been in this theater for like an hour and a half. Um, <laughs> you know, if you if you when, when as we go into this, our audience of hopefully millions of people, you're gonna know. I like I like a nice succinct movie. I mean, I've ever used the word succinct before. Probably. You're supposed to say no, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> way to ruin the me. joke. <laughs> don't mention Rick and Morty. Don't don't reference you the don't black lady over Rick me. and Morty. That's just racist. Anyway, excuse my politically incorrect jokes. <laughs> I have never used the word succinct. <laughs> I like a succinct movie that doesn't go take longer than two hours, two and a half hours to tell the story, okay? Okay. Okay? <laughs> Demeaning my taste in movies. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and it's just, I mean, I'm not excited for Oppenheimer because it's three hours. Is it really? Yeah. You know Christopher Nolan don't care how long we're in that theater. <laughs> True. It better be good. His last three audience. movies were terrible. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. Well, Which is admirable, because Tarantino don't either. Yeah. But, like, to a degree, I mean, I, I, I think it was you that told me this, like, uh, the sound editing, some scenes are in, in uh, what was it, Tenet? Yeah. Are intentionally made so that you cannot hear what they're saying. It's, fuck that. Like, I, no, I agree. Yeah. It's stupid. That, That's why the movie sucked. At some point, you just have to... I'm the biggest Christopher Nolan fan in the world, and I'll tell you. See, I, when I'm a fan of a filmmaker, I hold them to a higher standard than than most people do. Most people are like, oh, he's a big filmmaker; he can make a bad movie. He can't make a bad movie, you know. He he has a point of view. No, he don't. He don't have no damn point of view, no tenant. That was just him being the studio, not telling him what to do. And he left Warner Brothers and now he's at Universal now because of the whole thing at COVID when they were putting movies in theaters and no streaming. Right. So this is his first movie with Universal, I believe. So it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, Transformers is a good movie. It's solid, man. Oh, they also did the Marvel thing. Where, um, by the way, you don't know whether I, I don't care about spoilers because by this point, the time this comes out, you haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> they, they they do the Marvel thing where they introduce GI Joe in the Transformers universe at the end. So they're gonna make a GI Joe franchise, which they've tried. They did three movies. They did GI Joe the first one, which was good. They did Retaliation, which no one saw. They did Snake Eyes, which flopped. And you can blame Snake Eyes on COVID. It came out during like twenty like twenty twenty, but no one's watching them. And then they're gonna go, oh well, here's another franchise. No one watches Transformers. And we're going to introduce another franchise no one watches. And it's like, <laughs> y'all, y'all know where y'all going with this? 
Y'all do realize. And, they, and then they release it in a heavy June. They think this is like a big thing. They really think this is going to make like a million dollars. Like they're happy over there at Hasbro and all. They're like, oh, we got something. You don't have anything yet. You don't even know what you have. You haven't even had a hit yet. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, you need to pump your brakes and go back to that November release date and figure your shit out. Yeah, they're playing like this is the biggest thing. It's gonna they're playing. Year. They think they're a big dog. Yeah. No, 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 no. Spider Man is a big dog. <laughs> Across the yeah. Spider Verse came out in November with this with Bumblebee and did exceedingly well and survived in June. That's a big time player. Yeah. You're not even close. Nope. You're not in the same ballpark. If you're listening, Hasbro, and Paramount. But also give us a job, please. We would like to write. No, fuck that. <laughs> oh, I'm not writing for this shit. No, bullshit. My movies are much better. Yeah, I mean, no, 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 F that. They need to, they need to be smart. That, that, that whole distribution department needs to be in holding boxes going through their car right now. Because if I was Anthony Ramos, I'd be pissed. And I was, if I was Skydance, I'd be calling them. Like, what the fuck? You tanked this movie. This movie could have made money. And you tanked it because you thought it was more than it was. Right. It's not good. It's not good. It's bad. Well, just, yeah. I'm sure after after uh, what's the one Oppenheimer, there's gonna be like a big break of all the hits that they could have like Thank waited for. The only movie after Oppenheimer is the Haunted Mansion. Do you know how much money Transformers would have made up against Haunted Mansion? I don't even know. Ain't nobody gonna go see the Haunted Mansion. What even is that? It's the new Disney remade the Haunted Mansion movie with a new cast and Owen Wilson's in it. And um, the yeah. animated movie? No, it's live action. Oh. Open. Oh, it was in. It played the the trailer played in front of Spider Verse. I still stand from those those trailers. For a lot of us, that's the best part of the movie. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no! Okay. Well, anyway, yeah. Well, the haunted mansion is. is no, they, did, they did the ride in I think the eighties or whatever. They did the movie and with Eddie Murphy in two thousand. Now they're doing it again. Which I, I mean, I'm excited for it because I think I'm the only person on the planet <laughs> that's gonna go see it. Right. Sitting in there alone, <laughs> which is the best way to do it. Get a theater, theater all to yourself. Private rental for free. <laughs> I got that Regal Pass. I ain't paying shit. <laughs> you know what? Let's let's talk about. Uh, what was what came out a little while ago, but I mean it, that's great, and I can't stop thinking about it. Um, Spider Verse uh, across the Spider Verse was phenomenal, phenomenal movie, better than the first by far, and that's saying a lot because that first movie was amazing. No, I agree. Yeah, no, it was phenomenal. Yeah. It absolutely. I mean, listen, there's a lot of people that I know I talk to like animated movies. Oh, is it animated? Like if I'm as a guy at work, my mother's like, you should go see Spider Man. Like, oh, well, it's the animated one, right? I'm like, shut up. <laughs> See, everyone thinks animated just because Disney is such a big brand. They go, oh, well, it's got to be like a Disney movie. It's got to be like for kids. Like, well, no. That's, that's the thing. It's either that, either Disney on one spectrum or South Park and family on the other. It's a, it's a weird, weird world for animation where it's considered like its own genre when it's not at, by any stretch of the word. Because Disney and Illumination dominate the market. And so yeah. everyone just thinks Disney movies or Minions. They don't really understand <laughs> that you can have across the Spider-Verse. And you can have a bunch of people in there. I mean, anime is kind of considered its own genre. It's not really. We think of animation, we think of anime. At least not in America. It's not. It's it's big. It's huge. But it's. I wouldn't say it's Disney. It's not like mainstream America. It's not mainstream America yeah. at this point. Hopefully, it never becomes. <laughs> God, I can't stand it. But you know, but to, to bring that to, it's basically kind of an anime type storytelling in terms. Well, it makes more sense. Just better as, storytelling, I think. But yeah, it's character development. Yeah. And it, it really deeps into this. And, you know, because there's like a love relationship between the two characters that I've never really even talked about, but you could sense it under the surface the whole movie. It's talked about enough. You think it's be... talked about? Yeah. Oh, okay. They never really discuss The characters never discuss it. They do. They, they do like offhand, like where he tries to put his hand close to her. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's all yeah. under the surface. Like where they're sitting on top of the thing and they, 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 they look like about to kiss, but then they don't or something. Never, like it's it's all under the surface. It's so. good. It, they don't make it like uh, a plot point. It's more of like these characters have a crush on each other, but they cannot go forward with it. And it's done so beautifully because there's no like it's not they're not yelling you at it. They're yelling it at you. Right. It's it is what it is, and it's like a subtle little like nod to the characters and, and their relationship. And it's beautiful. It's very well done. No, and and to bring this, I mean, obviously the many 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 references to the live action Spider Man, and to make it make sense. Yeah. Is interesting because at this point you can have this animated Spider-Man show up in a live-action Spider-Man movie, and for some reason it would make sense because across the Spider-Verse, some of them are live-action and some of them are animated, and some of them are black and white. Like everyone's different. Some of them are paper. Some of them, and so it it would make sense if Tom Holland, because um, Donald Glover was just in the movie and he was live-action, and you never questioned it. Yeah. And so to get that type of buy-in from your audience where people aren't even talking about like, well, why is he not animated and why is and they have Marvel to thank for that because the MCU kind of paved the way for them to be able to do this by setting up the multiverse. And then they came in and kind of basically explained it, really only for Spider-Man, but they didn't explain it for the entirety of the MCU. But 
they're able to navigate the multiverse better than Marvel is right at this point. Marvel Studios is. Marvel yeah. Studios is struggling. They don't really know how to tie in everything. A lot of that's basically contract stipulations and all that stuff they're trying to do. But they went to the Venom universe in this movie, and it made perfect sense. They talked about the MCU in this, and Tom Holland. You saw Andrew Garfield. You saw the video game PlayStation 4 Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse thing. And really? It, that, that, yeah, the Spider-Man that was just chilling. He, was, he looked really, really HD. That was from the video game. And they just brought him in, and you don't even think anything about it. Like, they're able to tie everybody in. If, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. Like, yeah. when he mentions Earth 19, uh, 1999999 and Doctor Strange and Spider-Man, that's No Way Home. Mm-hmm. He's mentioning No Way Home. Oh. Spider-Man, no way, that's what he's talking about. Don't even get me started on Doctor Strange and that little Spider-Man on Earth 9999. That's No Way Home. Interesting. Yeah. So they're able to tie everything together. And it, in MCU was going, woo! <laughs> because they didn't know how to do it. Yeah. And Venom doesn't have the contract to do it. <laughs> they can only all they can do was I don't know if you ever saw the end of Venom Carnage, but they popped Tom Holland into the MCU for like a second, took him out, but kept Venom. It's like a little thing of Venom that is now in the MCU crawling around somewhere. Oh. Yeah, that's what happened at the end of Let There Be Carnage. Gotcha. Um, which was cool. And so, no, it's very interesting. And I was just reading something, and this is kind of a sidebar, but how Venom from Tom from Tom Hardy knows Venom. I mean, no Spider-Man from Tom Holland. I was reading on that. Somebody did a video. It's because Venom is a hive mind. So each Venom across the multiverse knows what the other one knows. So when he saw Peter Parker, he knew that was Spider-Man. He knew Spider-Man was his Venom, was his villain. So that's why, because that Venom technically has no clue who that person is supposed to be. But he knows Spider-Man. He knows Peter Parker. And so that, because it's a hive mind. So it's very interesting how vast it is. But for some reason, Spider-Man's able to pull it off. Better uh, than the universe, yeah. Doctor Strange acro- across the multiverse was, yeah, which was just a shit show. <laughs> so, and in No Way Home, which was kind of like skating on the multiversal theory, it really didn't want to dive into it. They don't know what the hell they're doing over there <laughs> and how to bring everything in. So, no, this is a very, very good movie. Very well written. I cannot wait to see. They're a hundred percent gonna make a third. So we'll see what happens uh, in this movie. I, I don't want to spoil this one because <laughs> you have to go see it. It's phenomenal, yeah, and and because of what it is, it's not gonna get a streaming service. Because it is a technically a Sony product made by Sony Animation. Sony does not have a streaming service. And they just put the, some of the Spider-Mans on Disney+, Plus, but not all of them. So I don't know if you're ever going to be able to see it outside of theaters. Unless you want to rent it. Who does that anymore? <laughs> so you got to go see it while it's in theaters. It's not going to be in there long. Because of Flash, Indiana, and Barbie, and then Oppenheimer coming on the back end. Yeah. So it's not going to be in there long. So I will go see it as quickly as possible. All right, well, since this is the Hollywood, let's talk about this, the the, the hustle in Hollywood. Let's talk about the strike. Ben, you have a lot of thoughts on the strike. It's a good good thing that it's happening, and it's it's just unfortunate that it's happening to a lot of people uh, that should be working and are now going to, unfortunately, not be able to pay rent, lose their houses, lose their cars, what have you. Um, Then again, I mean, that's what happens when you need change. And it's sad that that's the reality, but it is. Um, So here's to hoping that the AMPTP, the the group that produced that the lawyers behind the group that represents the producers will cave sooner rather than later because I like having a home. Yeah. So if you don't know Ben, Ben works in the industry. Uh, uh, he does freelance. Um, Eco PA. Yep. I I do I, I did freelance PA for a while and now I'm I'm off this production assistant, but I'm doing un, not non scripted now. So and I'm not really people. affected. Yeah. by the strike at this point, the, the writer's strike at this point in time. I just ended up getting lucky on that. But, you yeah, know, I mean, yes, you're right. There, there people are going to be out of work. You, you're, you're out of work. It's, it's terrible. But you know what I'm going to say? What? We got to get the contract right. Yeah. Got to. They have to get the contract. There's no point in trying to get people back to work if you're just going to complain about the contract. <laughs> and there's too many times, like, IOT members are still complaining about their contract that they settled on and da-da-da-da. And there's too many times where that happens and people just get more and more upset. You, they have to, I'd rather them strike for a year and figure this shit out. I'd rather them get it all hammered out. Because streaming, like I said, like I've been saying to you off camera, it's, it's difficult. It's not easy. This, the DGA is an easier one. They just want to raise AI, get those, some residuals in there, SAG, a little more residuals for streaming, knock it out. The writers want a longer work period because they're not working very long. For a show, because shows went from being 22 episodes to being 8 to 6. And, I mean, you only need one person to write a one-hour episode. And they're not getting paid per draft. They get paid by week. And not like film writers. Film writers get paid per draft, which makes it a very more lucrative business. 
this is you get paid per week. You get paid on and and staff writers who are people who are writing TV shows are the lowest on the totem pole. They're not like there's a writer's assistant, but that's it. They're like the next step of a writer's assistant is the staff writer, and then there's a producer, executive producer, showrunner. Like those guys are getting a bunch of money, but the staff writers aren't getting paid that much. So yes, they need to get paid more. How they're going to figure it out because the studios don't have money. They don't have money. Everyone's like, the studio has a lot of money. No, they don't. That's what they said in 2008. They said we don't have enough money to pay you more, and it turns out they did after three months of... of in 2008, they were still getting DVD sales. <laughs> True. They're not even getting DVD sales anymore. Right. Like, they don't, they don't have that. They're struggling to figure out how to monetize streaming. But it's not... Writers are the ones suffering for a producer's bad decision of deciding, hey, let's make something come out every new every month. When they have this... They have, like, since the 1900s, they have this whole list of things that they just have sitting doing making them no money which they ha- could put on their site because they're choosing to like make all this new stuff when they have all this stuff on the back end that they they've already made why not just sit on that make good stuff like not as frequently because now the market the, the industry is just so screwed because of it because so many people are, as we were talking earlier so many people are now in the industry and now so many people are not working because of it because it's all like so diluted now it's not about the backlog of content it's about trying to figure out because again a streaming service is only going to bring no matter what you put on it a certain amount of money that's it that's all you get so when you open a streaming service you're going to get a bunch of money because everyone's going to log on everyone's looking at netflix netflix made a huge jump but netflix was the only one besides wwe network for like eight years now there's 17 of them (laughs) tubi is free (laughs) Right. For one. There's another one that's free. Canopy. Canopy is free. Um, Canopy is also the code for the war machine to open his his suit in Avengers Civil War. Captain America Civil War. He goes, Canopy, 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 and the suit opens. Anyway. uh, (laughs) Thank you for that little tidbit. Fun fact. (laughs) Um, But anyway. um, So there's so much competition. And you're right. The workplace is diluted. But it's not because they're sitting on that. Warner put up TCM. They put all of it up there. But TCM isn't going to bring anyone in our age or younger or even older to subscribe. It's going to be Dune, and it's going to be all that stuff. But once they subscribe, that's it. The writers want something that's not really plausible at this moment. Until they figure out how to monetize streaming, the writers are not going to get what they want. Once they figure out how to monetize streaming, which is why I'm just saying wait for a second. Just let them figure it out. Because they have to the, – the music industry went through the same thing. Remember Napster? Then they sued it, and then Beats Music came out. You remember Beats Music? Right. And Apple bought Beats Music, and then Taylor Swift sued Apple because they were only giving them a penny for each stream, and then they figured out how to negotiate the contract and figure it out. People thought the record companies were going to go out of business because SoundCloud came out, and the record companies had to get that shit under control and so they can continue to profit and monetize their industry. It took about 10 years to figure it out, and they finally got to a point where they figured it out, and they, the, their whole thing was you guys can't rely on, you guys being the artists, can't rely on D- CD sales anymore or streaming sales. You have to go tour. So now artists are always touring because it's the only way they really make money. Yeah. That's really, they, are, they had to settle for that, which is fine, but they get a lot more creative control. So it's like one of those things now where a lot of artists are getting a lot more creative control because of that. So there, there, there's, there, there's a give and take. There's a give and take. And the writers and the AP and AMPT, whatever the hell they want to call themselves, they have to come to the table, and they're going to have to be concession on each side. They're not going to be able to say, we're going to go back to 22 episodes for streaming. The Last of Us wouldn't work. Right. It's, that's crazy. Either you're going to pay them like their feature writers, which that's going to be a lot of money. You're just going to be less people in the writers' room. We're going to have to cut the number. Yeah. Or we can extend you through production, but you're going to have to stay the hell away from annoying people on set. Because <laughs> James Cameron, I know about a writer, come up to him talking about, we don't change my line. Like, it's going to be a problem. So, or give them producer credits so they can continue to get paid, give them bigger residuals. There's going to be something that they, they can concede on. But not, they're trying to avoid that, though. They are trying to. Of course they're going to try to avoid spending money. Yeah. They don't have the money to spend. Um, yeah. At this particular point, I mean, like I said, I've been, I've been saying this to you. Disney lost. You don't, I don't think you realize how much $4 billion is to Disney That's in, a, in four months. Yeah. That's crazy. They had to fire 7,000 people because of it. 7,000. <laughs> and that's just the first round. Right. Like, they're gutting it. They haven't hired anybody at Disney. Go on, go on the career website right now. Go on <laughs> Disney Careers and look up how many. It's like five options. <laughs> and none of them are creative. Like, they are not. They, I, I've been checking. Yeah. They are not hiring anybody. Put like a halt on that shit. They put they <laughs> <laughs> For about over a year now. Wow. It's, it's, it's tough. It's, it's, it's tough. You have to see it from the studio's point of view. And I get why the writers are striking. And it's appropriate. Their strike is appropriate. If SAG strikes, oh, I can wait for that show. <laughs> That's going to be fun. Because I, I don't appreciate that. <laughs> 20 million for I am and Groot, and you want to fucking strike. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. I am Groot. <laughs> 20 million a movie. Plus points on the back end. Plus residuals. Yeah. My man's got a boat. He doesn't need anything more. And you want to strike <laughs> for more money. Fuck out of my face. 
that would be very interesting. All right. Why don't you make a good Fast and Furious movie before you sit here and talk about one strike, Mr. Diesel? Why don't you, why don't you make a good shit, movie? Diesel. Fix your shit, Mr. Diesel. Because your last movies are terrible. <laughs> and yes, The Rock deserves his own Hobbs spinoff because The Rock saved your fucking franchise. You're welcome. And I, I have my gripes with The Rock. All right. I'm not a big Rock Rock. I'm not a Rocky fan like I used to be. You know, I'm not part of the millions and millions of The Rock's fans. But he did save your franchise. Your franchise was floundering. I'm surprised we even made it to 10. Goddamn. <laughs> That's surprising. If you smell what The Rock is cooking. That's the <laughs> only reason they got there. The only reason. Nobody was talking about Fast and Furious Tokyo fucking Drift. Nobody <laughs> care about that fucking movie. And then Fast Five comes out. Everybody's sitting there in the popcorn. <laughs> fucking cracking open Cokes and shit in the theater. But The Rock bought people of color in the theater. Because we loved ourselves from Rocky back then. Oh, we loved Rocky. Before we started wearing them lays and talking about hookahs and shit like that, we, we thought he was one of us. And he went fucking Hawaiian on us and we didn't see him since. <laughs> but <laughs> we loved ourselves from Rocky back in the day. He made himself a nice, a nice uh, Highest paid character. actor in Hollywood. Yeah. Oh Until God. he flopped. Fucking Black Adam. Now he's trying to get, he, he on the corner talking about change. He <laughs> <laughs> ain't got any change. You know, <laughs> he, he flops, and now he's doing a live-action remake of Moana. That movie came out five years ago. Why the fuck were you making it? <laughs> that man needs change. <laughs> got any change? He could, he could, he could sing, he could sing the sob story up in his Malibu house. Yeah. Oh, Malibu, Atlanta, France. That's where he has a house in London. Selling them. <laughs> <laughs> He thought he could bring back Henry Cavill, Superman, when his bosses told him no. And he was praying that movie made that movie made no money. And they were like, mm-mm. He's good. He'll, he'll do fine. He'll, oh, he'll bounce back. He's, he's, yeah. he's, he's persistent. He'll bounce back. Spielberg went through the same thing. He had two monster hits in Jaws and, and Close Encounters. And then he flopped. No one wanted to work with him. He, and, then he really, and he pissed them off. And guess he did next? Produce Poltergeist, Produce Back to the Future, Made E.T., The Color Purple, mm-hmm. and Indiana Jones. Yeah. Two of them. Three Indiana Jones. And they all made money. When's the last time you ever see a, a freaking trilogy and all of them make money? Not even the Matrix Revolutions made money. Like, <laughs> like, no, no, no. Jurassic, The Lost World didn't make money. Jurassic Park, and the third one never really makes money. Marvel, John Wick is the only, only, only other thing was Marvel building up to Endgame in the process of building yes, up to it. Yes, but Iron Man 3 didn't really do as well as it should have. Really? Yeah. Somebody go see fucking Iron Man 3. You remember seeing Iron Man 3? Is that the one? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Is that the one? Exactly. <laughs> Did you know? Did you know they originally wanted to bring what's his name? Timothy. Shoot, what was his last name? Oh God, I've never heard of him, but I, I recognize his face. I'm gonna look it up. Chalamet? No. Well, two was like two. It started with an O. Timothy. Olympus. Timothy Oliphant. Um. Yeah, he was originally gonna play. Uh, what's his face? Iron Man. That Iron was Man. a long list of people for that. Cause you know Robert Downey Jr. was in a bush somewhere. <laughs> right. He was out somewhere getting stoned. <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean, good for more good, than stoned. Good, good, good for him. Um, not good for him. No, <laughs> no. bad for his liver and right. his kidneys. Right. Well, bad for him then, but now good for him mm-hmm. because he is one of the biggest stars in the world. He needs. They're gonna do a Sherlock Holmes again. I was just reading that there was a, di- really? a, a, a director on my last film review. And next, to, I went to, obviously, what I did with the other guy, too. I looked at what he was doing, and it says Sherlock Holmes 3. I hope, excuse me, hope they get everybody on board and do it, because yeah, he, John Jr. hasn't had a hit since Marvel, because he did Doolittle, and that flopped. Yeah. And he hasn't done anything since. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to, but you want to stay working. You want to solidify top status. Right. You got to solidify top status. If he's going to be the top dude in Hollywood. Yeah. Hey, so what else? What else have you been watching? There's, uh, um, you there's another thing I watched called um, Bama Rush, which is a documentary on HBO Max or now just Max. Um, and God, it's, <laughs> it's terrible. It's like taking the biggest brand off of a streaming service. Exactly. And it's just just like that makes it's like taking Disney out of Disneyland. Yeah, it's insane. Just calling like Hollywood land, Hollywood and just wood. It's insane. Makes no sense. I actually like that. <laughs> Do you? you? Go live in the wood. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I, I, Let's go to the wood. That sounds so sketchy, though. It, it does. sounds like, sounds like a like cabin it. in the woods kind of world. Yes, it does. Oh my God. I want to live in that cabin. No, please. Uh, so, Bama Rush. It's about... Um, it's a terrible name. Wait, Bama Rush. Bama. It's two words. It's two words, yes. Um, B-A-M-A for Alabama. It's, t- it's about a college in, in Alabama and about their fraternity and sorority life. Um, 
So the reason they call it rush is because that's what the day is where <clears throat> all of these new recruits or new um, students are trying to find their home, their, their fraternity or sorority, um, and they're all rushing to this like one strip that they're all on, all these places are on. Um, where's it gonna go with that? Oh, so, it, so they interview like two to five people and it's about um, kind of like their journey into which, which um, house they want to live in and like trying to figure out like apparently there's a tier like there's the best one there's the worst one and there's middle ones and everyone knows it but no one says it and it's all this like, it feels like high school drama but in college because of course you know that's where they just came from these kids um I like how you call them kids like you're not 24 years old <laughs> anyone younger I, than 24 is a kid thing. yeah right I do that. i'm getting old i'll be like these kids <laughs> it's dang kids these days these dang kids these days um they were, they were telling the story of the, of, of the film. <coughs> they were pledging. Um, yes, so it's about their journey to figuring out which house they want to go to. This, it's a very kind of plain documentary. Um, and it, it leaves you wanting so much more. There's, there's so much opportunity there. Um, for example, like the best part of the movie is like maybe for 15 minutes in it, they talk about this, this thing called the machine in this school. Um, what the machine is, is it's like, it's like a, it's like a secret, secret society of like Illuminati within this school uh, for a little bit, which is has so much potential. Fuck, fucking fire truck. They talk about this thing called the machine that's <laughs> that's uh, has so much potential because I just had to stop you. We respect all firemen on this show, <laughs> and we respect the job of the fire people. Yes, but also you gonna your get trucks. us canceled. <laughs> your trucks could stop for a little bit for my podcast. Thank you. I would appreciate it. I respect that. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to hang a sign on the street say, <laughs> recording in session. Fire your trucks bug off. So, yeah, the machine has so much potential. Because what it is, it's, it's like a secret society for one person from every sorority and fraternity goes to, like, a basement. They don't even have, in, like, a meeting. It's, like, in one of these big, giant houses, this basement. And they talk about, like what they're going to do for, like, student body, what, how, what the decisions the school is going to make. So they're, like, running the goddamn school. And it's spoken as, in hushed tones. Some of the girls that they interviewed um, even said, oh, no, that, that doesn't exist. And then another one says, yeah, it exists. So, like, they're keeping on the hush. There's, like, an article about it. It's, it's fucking weird. But the issue is they only talked about it for, like, 15 goddamn minutes. And the rest of it is about these girls' journeys. Uh, but So here's the thing. I'm going to give So Bama Rush is directed by Rachel Fleet. Um, oh, that's an unfortunate last name. Uh, it's kind of nice. It's better, Fleet. better than Fishback. <gasps> Benjamin. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> no, no, you're not wrong at all. Fishback is unfortunate. Thank you. No, I work with a guy whose last name at, at this place is Wank. <laughs> really? Wank. I don't want to say his first name, but Wank. My God. I looked at the door and saw that name on the door. That's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> Poor man. Cool. Sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Bama Rush, directed and... <laughs> keep saying Bama Rush. We know the name of the fucking <laughs> documentary, bro. Just continue on. Directed by Fleet Week. <laughs> Rachel Fleet. Fleet Week. You want to go to Fleet Week? We're going to Fleet Week this week. She becomes a big star. She's got to make that like a yearly. Oh, thing. she's gonna hate us. <laughs> she's gonna make sure we don't work. <laughs> um, if you're hearing this, Rachel Fleet, give me a hit me up. We'll see what she's on. Don't hit me up. Because <laughs> apparently, the documentary sucked. <laughs> <laughs> this is all entertainment purposes. Nothing I say is really my opinion. Everything up. I say is my opinion. Your documentary sucked. <laughs> Do better. <laughs> Fucking care, but Rachel Fleet gonna ruin my career. I ain't got no fucking career anyway. Let's give a damn. Can't end with didn't start. That shit is all this true. What's she gonna do? I don't want him to work. He's not working anyway. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, who? <laughs> Avery Goodwin, who? What the fuck is that? I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> that made fun of your last name. <laughs> 
It's true. Is the documentary good or bad, Ben? <laughs> it had potential. No, I don't want to know it had potential. That's a one-word answer. Good or bad? Ass. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to say bad so badly. I do. I really right. do, but, but. He wasted a half hour and a half of his fucking life on this Bama Roosh and but this fucking machine. He never even talked about the fucking machine for 15 minutes. It had so much potential. I'm giving her benefit of the doubt because um, I want to say in like the last third, some message boy would within the school or like a forum or whatever. Um, someone said, hey, guess what? There's like a HBO Max or a Max documentary going on now. Um, don't tell them anything. It could ruin your chances of getting into the sorority or fraternity that you want. Um, and so with that, she even lost one or two of her um, her interviewees. And who did just That's went, a shame. Yeah, just went cold on her. Um, and so she was like, I don't want to say ostracized. That's not the right word. She was like kicked out of, of, of the school's community. And like the people that were showing her around, they said, no, thank you. Um, but then again, they didn't know who she was. But she also has alopecia. And she's she's used she doesn't wear her wig so she's a bald woman so in alabama i mean that's not a very liberal liberal uh, diverse diverse place i'm sure don't talk about alabama like that my mother's a huge university of alabama fan really she doesn't go to the games for obvious reasons (laughs) (laughs) but she'll roll tide from her from her apartment building (laughs) so cheer him on virtually exactly um very liberal people though if you say so well i don't they even talked about it. There's a, actually one of one of the one of the one of the sororities is of all, all black women that live in Alabama. Good for them. Good for them, right? Mm, and apparently, it was buy guns. It's cool that they went into like the history of that. So it's worth a watch. Definitely worth a watch. But they could have done so much more, so much more. I'm giving her benefit of the doubt because I'm hoping that Rachel Fleet wanted to, but just couldn't because of because of her outing. I think Miss Fleet felt short. Yes. Of what the the goal was, just make an entertaining Ms. documentary. Miss Fleet, Fleet's story fleeted from her. Oh, yeah, look at that. Oh, double fleet, right? Mm, that's the Hollywood hustle for you. We Hollywood fleet. Oh, is that what the name of it? I've been saying hustle for like an hour. And a half. <laughs> I did not hear that really. Yeah. We'll, we'll double it in post. <laughs> Me saying I like. <laughs> <laughs> everybody get in our room. <laughs> Oh, okay. I think that's, that's everything, right? Did, did, did we miss anything? The new Mission Impossible trailer debuted uh, this week. That would be cool if we talked about what's coming out. Yeah. Dead Reckoning Part 1. They're doing the good old Hollywood split. Splitting mm-hmm. the last one up into two parts. Of course. That'll be interesting. Yeah, right? Gotta make that money. But yeah, there's a lot There's a lot of things going on. Uh, we got Flash coming out as well. Flash is next week. That'll probably be our, our highlight of, of next week. Oh, episode. 100%. Yeah. And then um, there's a new Harry Potter series. You hear about this? Yeah, they're re- completely like reviving it. Apparently, they're gonna stick closer to the book. Okay. And because uh, there's a lot, people have been telling me there's a lot in the book. They obviously they cut out for reasons. They're yeah. just two hour movies. Um, but I mean, so they're gonna make it like book, book one part one or something. No, they're gonna just they're just gonna. Um, oh, is it a TV show or a movie? It's a TV show. Okay. It's a TV show. They have on, more room. On, they have more room to on Max, so they're gonna have more room to inter- include everything that was in there. Because apparently the books cover like. Fantastic Beasts and all that stuff, which I didn't know. I thought they were just making up Fantastic Beasts and like Grindelwald and Dumbledore's relationship. I didn't know that was already in the book. Somebody I was talking to who read all the books was telling me that they already covered all of this. And so like Newt Scamander and all that stuff, like the, like actually if you go back in one of the, the one of the book bo- one of the movies, you actually when they open up the map of who's walking around, you'll see Newt Scamander walking around. Like he's already established. I didn't know that because you know I don't read. <laughs> books are speaking um, <laughs> make that shit into a movie you want me to watch it the only movie i ever watched where i read the book was a woman in the window and i was so disappointed why because the book was so fucking good oh, really? in the movie i couldn't even get through it really and so that, that that was a warning for me just don't read because <laughs> you know because you're gonna ruin the movies you know? All you be, be all you ever heard somebody on. say, "Oh, that was better than the book I read." They <laughs> never say that. Yeah, they always say the book's better than the movies, and so Harry Potter is the rare where you can make the case. Right, rare. We'll see about the new one too. If that can, we'll that can see. Break, I mean, yeah, yeah we'll see. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if J.K.'s reputation doesn't tank it. True. No, she's she's just, just trying. She's on a mission to destroy her own she's legacy. Done anything recently? I don't think she's done anything recently. She's, she's kind of been keeping. She's hush. banking on Hollywood. 
No, she didn't even keep push because she's like, remember, remember, remember that game that came out, Harry Potter game? The 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 uh, Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah, there was more shit about her because she's <laughs> so unhinged. I don't know what other games have come out this year. I'm not a gamer. But People that aren't gamers oh, even know spe- about it. Speaking of game, a Gran Turismo movie is looking better and better. Who? The Gran Turismo. Remember that video game? It was just you driving on a racetrack. Gran Turismo. They made a movie out of it. Yeah, the original PlayStation game, like original play, like PlayStation One. Grand Turismo, they made a movie. It was apparently it's based on a true story. It was apparently they did a Sony did a competition where they put the, together the best Grand Turismo players in the world, and they had a competition. Whoever won was going to get to actually race a car. Oh, so it's about the like that story. It's not about the, the kid who actually won the competition and went into professional racing. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Wow, he went into actual professional racing. He went into racing. actual professional racing. Apparently, wow. he's really good. Wow. British kid, black British guy. Um, yeah, no, it was crazy. Um, but I think that's the end of our show. I don't have anything else to say. I have nothing else. Go check out the April World Stories YouTube page uh, and April Stories podcast for more exciting stories and film reviews from me. Uh, Benjamin, pitch the, the Insta, baby. I have a photography Instagram page called BennyB.Photography. Oh, no, it's changed, changed to something I don't remember anymore. <laughs> it's like Benny.Film and stuff because I'm going to make that both photography and my cinematography and directing stuff. So that's where I'm going to put my movies. I'll uh, add that, advertise that a little more. I have a short, in the, short that I'm editing right now. Um, so yeah, that'll be up soon. Sweet. Thank you for joining us, joining, joining us on the Hollywood Highlights. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye, guys.